Live here in the studios of Omaha, Nebraska. It's time for the other kind radio. I'm your host, Jeff. I have uh, something going on with my sinuses, so hopefully, for those kind listeners, uh, won't bother you too much. We got a great show today. Got special guests in the house. Do they still say that in the house? Or am I dating myself there? In the house. In the studio. Anyway, we have a special guest. Um, you're listening to The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast in which myself, Jeff, and my co-host, Todd, um, what did I write this week? We are a weekly podcast that taps the pulse of pop culture and says, hello. No idea what that means. On today's show, uh, as I said earlier, uh, the winner of the uh, Fantasy Movie League, in which I completely got destroyed, and then everybody behind my back said, let's not let Jeff play, but let's keep playing, is the winner, Jeff, and that's not a joke, his name is Jeff. Um, he's joining us from his house in Dallas as well, not right next to Todd's, but they're they're in closer to each other than anyway. Um, so Jeff's gonna be on. Um, Todd's take on is going to be the defiant ones. Jeff's judgment, uh, because I've been busy and sick, uh, I'll think of something between now and then. Uh, headlines, we're going to talk about uh, a few uh, particular headlines that have caught our attention this past week as far as pop culture, and we're going to go through those. And then today on the main stage, no, center stage, we're going to talk about lying and just kind of different facets there's the facet again of lying um where we now first i want to tell all the kind listeners uh, for those of you who may be joining us for the first time uh, todd myself and the other jeff um we are not doctors we're not professionals we have no real education when it comes to the study of and or understanding of lying so we're just going to kind of riff and talk and have a discussion that's the important thing but i don't want you to take anything we say like you know I mean, if you want to, you can take it and, you know, put a thing on a thing and put it on a statue. I mean, that could be fun. I don't know. if it's Is it statue day today? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> enough of that. Let's get my co-host in here. And uh, I know they're both in Dallas, so let me tune them in here. First, we'll try and get Todd. Todd, are you there? I um, Am I not the special guest? No. <laughs> You're the... I quit. You're the... I'm insulted that I'm not a special anything to you. You're the co-host. Oh, wait, that's that's good. that's okay. That's, okay, I like that one. That's good. That's, I, I'm letting you know I wasn't listening to anything you said. That's better than that's better than special guest. But don't tell well, Jeff. Didn't that. you just did to Jeff? <laughs> hey, hey, Jeff, when you come on, I'm glad you're the special guest. So we'll use the sonar, which Todd is so popular and loves because it reminds him of his favorite movie, Hunt for Red October. Jeff. Jeff, come in. Hello, hello. Good morning. Oh my God, it's working. We're recording. Welcome. All right. Okay, you can stop with the sonar. Good Lord. Production staff's getting crazy here. 
Uh, Jeff, welcome to the show. You're our first special guest. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. How, what's the weather doing down there in Dallas this morning? So far, it's uh, so far it's so it Did, should be a good day. Is it sunny? Is it's it sunny? Oh, good. Okay, because it's raining up yeah. here in Omaha, and I just oh. wanted to test the theory of whether or not weather was the same all over the globe. So there we go. A little science to start the show off with. Todd, how are you doing? Oh, you're back to me. <laughs> uh, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I actually was checking the weather, too, because I'm about to go to the Great State Fair of Texas today. Because this week is the week when I finally get my much maligned, horrible shoulder operated on. So mm. my wife is cramming every bit of the world into one weekend because she knows after this I'm going to be robo-armed. And she can't do anything. Now that's actually to bring. That's I can't believe we didn't talk about that in the pre-production. So there you go. There, throw that out the window. Um, so let's let's talk about you're the. Not very, you're not a very good friend. <laughs> go ahead. That's okay. Host, you could say host, and I'd be okay with it. But yeah, if you want to, if you want to cut me at the knees, that's fine. Um, I see what I was doing. I was lying. The oh, oh. Lying. That's why I said friend. Ah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So for those kind listeners that aren't in the state of Texas and aren't aware of the state fair, I think we should talk a little bit about that because I lived in Texas for 16 years and I never once went to the state fair. Really? And I'm very not, proud of not it. Not even once. Not even once. So I'm married to a woman that absolutely loves the state fair. When we first, we were very good friends for years and years and years before we ever became a couple and I even knew then you know how much she loved it so when we got together she said to me I'm going to tell you one thing we go to the state fair every year and we're going to go multiple times and I said hey that's fine I'm going to make you go to a crap ton of movies and concerts as long as we bounce it out we're good I've lost that battle she doesn't go to the movies and concerts I want to but I go to the state <laughs> fair every year multiple times Jeff have you ever been to the state fair of Texas I, I, I have I'm in the uh, same situation uh, same situation as Todd my wife absolutely loves the state fair um i uh i could take it or leave it but uh i've been several times several years uh and we'll probably end up going several times this year now we've confirmed that you guys aren't married to the same woman right no just one another he's my (laughs) (laughs) okay so i never been so take the kind listener on a little journey. What, I mean, when you get there, I mean, do, do you go immediately? I hear the food is like the main attraction, but do they have like cows and pigs and ducks and stuff? They, they have a ton of stuff, you know, and, and Jeff, please interrupt me too. I don't mean to just be jumping on all of you. You're the special guest, but, you know, you walk in and our first thing that we do as a family, and this is with my lovely daughter, we run over to get a corny dog, which I think is the ritual of many people because Fletcher's corny dog, I believe was first launched there i'm pretty sure that was the the first mainstay food that they offered and they are fantastic but then uh you know i'll look this up jeff if you want to ban it for a bit but yes you can see cows and pigs but i'm going to find the list of foods this year because that's what the texas state oh, yeah. Know. yeah this, this is great brings out. i love it jeff so what do you do you run over and get a corny dog Surprisingly, yeah, I, I think a lot of people do that. It's it's the the Fletcher's corn dog is a is a big mainstay at the state fair. But uh, like Todd said, they do have they've got lots of, of um, different little uh, uh, attractions, and um, they have cars. They've got rides. Uh, they've I think they have 
two stages. It might just be a single stage that they have some some local acts come out, um, but it's it is a large large production. So are we talking like a full day commitment to get in there and, and see everything or can you do it in like an hour and a half? You could do it quickly, but yeah. like today, so usually with, with Shelly, my wife, she, she has season tickets, season passes. And Shelly's even gone so far because she's very involved with my daughter in Girl Scouts where we joke with Shelly that she became a carny one year because she worked for Girl Scouts and she was actually working the state fair. She had the past go and work and that's who she is so when we go today it will literally be that's that's one of the reasons i was telling you guys i gotta go yeah we gotta yeah, record yeah. this morning because uh if shelly comes up here she'll look at <laughs> jeff and go hi jeff gotta go and just pull me off and what but, is, what is our heart out um i think in five minutes okay all right um so you know our commitment today will be all day Okay. Now, with my, my surgery, when we go again, it may be shorter time. And you can do that. That's what we'll do is we'll try to cover all the foods today, and then we'll go see the exhibits later on and just go for that. So to, to uh, tap into some of the foods, they have two categories. And they actually put beer in here. Mm. They're a community brewer, I think that's who it is that makes it uh, from Dallas, had a funnel cake ale that they literally tried to find – the the flavors of a funnel cake and bring it to a beer and when they serve the beer they put powdered sugar on oh the rim God. of it and believe it or not it's actually really good Ugh. but this year someone made a corn dog ale which i will try i try all the things so there are two categories savory and sweet and here are some of the savories you have deep fried bodacious bacon bombs lobster pops uh fried shepherd's pie fried cup of corn elotes i don't even know what an elote is Fried Kool-Aid pickles. It's a small goat creature that's uh, native to the Rocky Mountain region of South Carolina. Did you really just pull that out of your back pocket that quick? <laughs> that was really good. On the sweet side, they have cotton candy tacos, deep-fried M&Ms. So it's a lot of that. I mean, and I'll try just about anything. I tried deep-fried beer one year, which was one of the few things in my life I've ever put in my mouth and just spit out immediately. It was so disgusting. But mm. you try them. That's half the fun of it. Jeff, do you go towards the sweet or savory? I would. Uh, I would have to venture towards the savory. Yeah, not a big, uh, not a big fan of the sweets. And, that and, and the beer. One thing our kind listener doesn't know is is Jeff is our resident chef expert for the show. Uh, we have yet to have uh, him on or take advantage of that. So I'm I'm guessing with your culinary background that when you go and taste these things, you you kind of taking a uh, a chef's approach to it or or more analytical if you will and not just shoving it in or spitting it out like uh todd does well to to be to be perfectly clear and fair my, my culinary background is is uh very limited and I've, I've worked uh back a house at a couple of restaurants and that's kind of where that that's where that ends um Jeff, can i ask a question do you do more than hot pockets <laughs> Do you do? I mean, if you are more than a hot pocket chef, then you kick the crap out of Jeff and I. So don't oh, well. diminish your skills. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you. I feel special. Ah. Uh huh. <laughs> no, I think it's. I try to try to set that aside and just go for it. You know, with deep fried. I mean, because everything. That's the. That's. That's the the. That's the kitsch with with texas state fair is they try to deep fry something new everything every year so it's deep fried butter or deep fried twinkie or deep fried flip-flop um and it, if you deep fry something surprisingly i used to think that you really couldn't screw it up but 
there have been a few things that have just been, like Todd said, just awful. Yeah. So. Well, and, and I appreciate your honesty and, and really to the kind listener that he, you're right. I mean, but but you know what? I've I've gone to uh, Jeff's in the same industry I am. We travel the country. We eat at very fancy restaurants. And yeah, those guys may have a culinary degree and, you know, know all the the vernacular and and uh, have read up on all of the ways to cook. But here's the thing. This is why Jeff is our our resident uh, chef extraordinaire is because you can have all that knowledge and get a degree, but if you have heart and love for putting things together that people enjoy and eat, to me, that makes that's what you do. I mean, you bring so much. I've, I've been lucky enough to be over uh, at Jeff's house, and he's, he's made me uh, pasta from scratch and, and these wonderful meals. So, you know what? I'm, I'm, you know, it's our show, so you're the resident chef expert. <laughs> Boom, done. Right. Anybody, yeah. yeah. If anybody has any problems or issues with it, just, you know, send us an email. And, it's going uh, on the resume. Exactly. There you go. If they, yeah. If they have any further problems, just fight Jeff. He's ready to fight you over it. He will take you down. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> you know, fight you with compliments. Well, cool. Well, I hope both of you have a very, very good time um, at the State Fair. And uh, maybe uh, when we record again, we can get a report of uh, what was so that's all you guys do is eat. You don't ride any rides, or is there no animals that you go mess with, or when when my daughter was younger, we used to ride a lot of rides, and you know now she's fifteen and everything's a little too oh, okay. babyish for her. Even though she has you know said, "Hey, can I take a friend eventually so we can ride some rides?" So occasionally, but that's not really our shtick. It's all just right. not. And, and to just point, there's a main stage with music, and if it's a good act, I'm going to stand and watch it for a while. So there's a lot of things you do that's not food. But food is the central focus to me when you go there. All right. I don't even know if Nebraska has a state fair. I know Iowa has one. That, that, that and, and people get really fired up like that. It's like, it's, I don't know if it's a Midwest. Well, obviously it's not if it's in Texas too. But people get really fired up and passionate about their state fair being the best. And uh, I'm just like, yeah, yo, yours is great. Fantastic. You know, because they're Nebraska. like, you're from Texas. This Iowa beats the bejesus out of... And I'm like, hey, okay, cool, cool, cool. Can I, you know, can I have my beer back? The um, Nebraska State Fair opens January 16th, which <laughs> seems like an odd date for them to open. Wouldn't that be really cold? Let's see. When could we have it? When would be a great time for families and loved ones from all around? Yeah, January. No, let's not go. It's 84 below zero outside, and we're going to go to the State Fair. I, I'll check it out, I'll, 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 or I won't. We'll see. <laughs> what a commitment <laughs> right waffling there all right well let's uh let's get into headlines and i've got to find my ever so long um intro here i am having some technical issues in the studio here we go i found it okay it's so loud like whoever's typing this is pissed it's somebody writing a review about a state fair <laughs> wait for the carriage return there we go. Welcome to Headlines, kind listener. We're going to start out today first with uh, one thing that caught my eye, and uh, both uh, Todd's a gamer and Jeff is a gamer as well. Um, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of um, uh, noise about the new Red Dead Redemption that's coming out, and it was uh, brought to our attention this week that the install file for this, for this game will be 105 gig. Now, just to put things in perspective, Call of Duty, some of the other big AAA titles that have come out are generally around 
40 to 60 gig. So this is quite a bit larger. And for those gaming systems that maybe have a lot of games on them, some gamers are gonna be faced with the, what do I delete to make room for Red Dead? Um, I'm guessing <clears throat> one reason why the, excuse me, the uh, file is so big is there's, I've heard that there's animals that's in the game. Obviously in the first game you could go out and hunt, but these actually have um, oh, bio schedules where they will go pee and poo around the map. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which person in beta was assigned that like, you know, you know, Steve, come over here. Yeah, yes, sir. Okay, today you're gonna you're gonna work on the physics of gunfire. We want to know if the guns are firing right and, and blood spatter and all the cool stuff with battle. And Steve's like, yeah. And then they're like, you know, <laughs> Richard, come over here. Yeah, what am I gonna be doing? You're gonna be watching animals poo and pee. And I need you to mark down on the map where everything like that happens. And I think he quit after that. But um, so they put in a incredible amount of detail into some of this stuff. You even build a relationship with your, with your horse where if you abuse your horse, it'll buck you off and run away. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be uh, an interesting kind of open world game. 105 gig. Uh, any thoughts, fellas, on that? I already pre-purchased mine and, you know, with Xbox, it already downloaded the game. It just won't let me access it. So I didn't even look at how big of a file it was. It was when you posted the other day to Twitter that yeah. this was that. Big. I thought, oh, my God. Luckily, I was one of those that bought one of those, you know, two terabyte little side drives or something to put games on. So I didn't have to worry about it. But you're right. There are going to be a lot of people that are like, hey, hang on. I got Fortnite. I got all these things. And now what are you going to make me delete? Wait a minute. You got how many terabytes does your Xbox have? <laughs> so the funny thing about you playing that music is, and I, I love it when you make me hoity-toity, as you said, and I'm going to quote, Jeff and I work for the same company and we walk, we travel around and we eat a lot of very nice. <laughs> you know what? Screw you. You know what? You, you are absolutely right. That was, would have been a perfect time for you if you had the ability to play it. Because you're right. I did kind of, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I did, did, did get a little hoity-toity there. Jeff, are you, do you have plans on getting uh, Red Deb? Yes, I do, but I'm going to have to update my uh, my internet package because I was unaware of the size. Wow. <laughs> Todd and wow. I'll be playing, and you were like, ah, 25% down. Still, still waiting. <laughs> His dial-up modem, man, it's going to take about three weeks to download, but when you get it, it is going to pay off. He'll, oh, it's going to be so good next year. He'll get it, he'll get it, download it, and start it, and he'll say, do you want to install the update? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's what I brought to the table as far as headlines. I just think that's amazing that games are getting to that size. Todd, you said you had something you wanted to talk. <clears throat> yeah, that uh, Kathleen Kennedy has extended her deal to oversee Lucasfilm. I, I've never hidden my love for the Star Wars franchise. It truly is what made me go from somebody that had a father that was exposing me to a lot of good film to a person that was in love with the industry. I went on to study it because of that. So when I hear that she gets this now, Kathleen Kennedy is producer extraordinaire brought up by essentially Spielberg and just completely put into this place where she is. And she is fantastic at what she does. I believe she has eight Academy Award nominations as a producer for best picture nominees. I, I don't doubt her ability to run the company. When I see this news, what I hope I see from her very soon 
is kind of what I hope I see from Warner Brothers when you start looking at what they've done with DC Comics. They are a ship without a rudder. Their Star Wars, it was it was literally like they said, we have got the the golden goose has you know the, like that golden egg whole thing, and then they just said, by the way, we're going to try and replicate it five hundred times, and here you go. And they just shoved them down our throats. Now Bob Iger, the the head of Disney, did come out and say we're going to chill it out. What I hope I see from Kathleen Kennedy in this little bit of news is within the coming weeks, she needs to head someone, uh, sorry, appoint someone the head of Lucasfilm's story generation. Somebody right. like that that oversees it. And there, there are the Star Wars fans out there. There's Pablo Hidalgo, I believe is how you say his last name, who has overseen so much stuff that goes on within the, the animated stuff. There are a lot of people that would be great choices. I just see things like this, and I hope it isn't another executive that just simply tries to run every facet of them of it themselves right so so the, I'm, I'm i'm guessing that because that that news was released this week that was obviously she's extending she's staying so at least things will kind of have some some continuity or or kind of stay the same yeah and she stays through 2021 so you know any deal is going to have term limits on it and i i what i have this feeling after the tumultuous type stuff that went along with solo a, a film that i think is actually pretty unfairly maligned i think it's a much better film than what the box office results were and what the word of mouth came out because last jedi disappointed a lot of people oh we lost you for some reason you cut out there yeah your audio stopped your internet connection is unstable all right well you know there that's we go. funny i usually Am I back? Yeah, you're back now. It's my internet. I, is that what it is? It's you? The gerbils stopped running in their wheel and the internet slowed. I apologize. Well, so do without whatever it may be, I just... The the Star Wars films of late have not had the return that they wanted, and I do not blame Kathleen Kennedy. I right. She is one of those people that I look up to. I think she's great. I just see this news and what I'm hoping. It's more, a little bit more of a let's put this together and have somebody run it. And, you know, you look at what, uh, what Marvel did with their films that when you watch that last Avengers thing, that was just phenomenal. Yeah. They took all these films and somehow put it together and it worked. Star Wars could do that and they should do that. Well, hopefully we'll have some, some, some better results. Jeff, did you see solo and what did you think? Did you like it? I actually haven't seen it yet. <gasps> wow. Uh, I, I know we can't be we can't be too rough on you. You do have a little one running around, so yeah. I was gonna say having a having a seventeen month old has changed uh, a, most everything of what I watch and what I listen to. I got a baby. Um, I got a baby question. Okay. So you obviously like you know go from days to weeks to months as far as referencing their age. How old is your kid? Well, he's two days old. How many weeks old? How many months? When do you go from months to years? Depends. Uh, usually, so we're my my wife and I are, are very typical first time parents. Uh -huh. uh, so we're you know when someone asks that question, like oh he's seventeen months. Um, a lot of our <laughs> friends on their second child are like, how old's your child? Like, hey, he's a year. Well, year and what? Like, uh... He's a year. He's not two yet. Uh, but from everything that we've read and 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 seen, that it's typically they're referred to up until. Um, two years, 24 months. Oh. And that goes with the clothing because the, the clothing goes from near, oh. newborn zero, zero to three, three to six, six to nine. It's as soon as you buy some clothing, they outgrow it and then you have to buy more clothing. <laughs> um, so it's until he's two, uh, until he's two years, he'll yeah. probably be referred to as, 
in his months. There you go. Okay, and I, and I just ask because I, you know, I, I don't have kids, so uh, you know, I, I just was wondering. I mean, maybe we should start doing months for our age. That would be pretty impressive, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, maybe Jeff, one month. I, I act like I'm one month old. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> so, well so stated. Special guest, Jeff. I will tell you this. Welcome to the world that I am only now beginning to catch up on all the films that I had to put away for 15 years. Oh, good. Good. So it, in, in about 13 years, you're going to go, wow, finally I'm seeing these movies. <laughs> it, it does happen. Yeah. All right. And then we, uh, we, we did pull kind of a fast one on on our special guest here. Uh, you know, generally you just ask your guest to be on and you don't give them like last minute uh, assignments. But I did, did invite Jeff to take uh, part in the headline process. Jeff, did you find something that uh, caught your eye? I did. Okay, actually, good, good. As good. I was, uh, as I was browsing, um, Netflix made a, uh, made a tweet earlier that, uh, making a murderer part two will debut October 19th Ooh. and all 10 episodes will be out. So that will, uh, I'll be looking forward to that. Cause I, since the beginning of the, the making a murderer and the serial podcast, um, I have my, my true crime, um, fascination has, has, that's literally, my my library is the other kind radio and then probably four <laughs> five six other versions of true crime podcast well then you will we will make you the resident uh, executive chef and true crime expert so oh, wow. <laughs> we'll just continue to All add right. <laughs> to add to it um so for those kind listeners that aren't familiar with making uh, of a murderer it was a uh, series that netflix did um a couple years ago and mm -hmm. Basic, I can't remember any of the people's name, but basically just followed this guy that was uh, uh, put in prison for a was it a was it a murder or was it was a sexual assault or something like that, right? It was I think I believe it was a sexual assault that he was falsely accused for, um, and he was he I think he spent it's been a long time since I've watched it. I think he spent eight up to eight years yeah. in prison, um, was was acquitted, and then. Uh, shortly thereafter was charged with um, and what was charged with with first degree murder right and, and the weird thing is is like you start out and you're like you know you feel awful for the guy he's been in jail for eight years he's he's you know been wrongfully accused and he gets out and you feel and then they've got this suspicious murder moida moida that happens and then you're like well my gosh it just throws everything back into question as far as his character and everything. did you see the series todd I did. And, you know, I, I think what it does perfectly, like any good documentary, is it does exactly what you said. It presents all sides of it to the point where you don't know whether you should like him or revile him. You you don't know what to think. Right. At the end, but it gives you all the information and asks you draw. And I think they they did a fantastic job. And Jeff, I I look forward to having you on because I'm a true crime lover too. I just finished a podcast called Doctor Death about a. Uh, a neurosurgeon here in Dallas who is now the only surgeon to ever be convicted of murder or, or I don't know that I don't think it was actual murder, but he maimed people and he killed a number of people. And I just, I can't get enough. Of course, it's the worst thing to listen to when you're about to have surgery the following week, because now I'm looking, <laughs> but it's a good one. Go listen to I, you and yeah, I, we can spend a little time talking. Awesome. Good. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do that. I think that would be an excellent uh, show to do. And uh, uh, as usual, I'll be playing the role of the idiot and won't know what I'm talking about. So we'll have you two on to talk about that, and I'll just use up air, unneed, unneeded 
Lee. I so. think we can just edit it down. If you'll just click record <laughs> and then be quiet, Jeff and I'll be fine. <laughs> Highest rated show ever. Uh, all right, folks. That is, let's get the angry typist back in here. Oh, yes. Just, just pounding them out. And then he went to the door and Jeff won't shut up. That's headlines. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Okay, typewriter, you can stop. Good Lord. All right, well, let's uh, let's get it out. Let's dust it off. Let's fire it up. It's time for Todd's take on. Uh, I love that sound. All right, Todd, what's your take on going to be this week? So I'm literally going to jump back into the discussion of what Jeff already said, that being a parent, you often have to take the things like this the pop culture love that i have and you have to kind of push it aside and say i just don't have time and one of those things was the defiant ones uh that is the documentary that was on hbo about jimmy iveen and dr dre i grew up seeing the name jimmy iveen because he was associated with so much of the music i loved namely bruce springsteen i love him i've never hidden that love and his name was there and i would continue to see him like well who's this it's almost like if you're a music fan and you see the name bob ludwig who is a great mastering of albums and, and is on so many things and so i would see that when this documentary came out i was like man i want to watch this because i beam i was i'm not a rap fan because it's much like i think you know i've talked to all the guys on middle of the apes about this transformers and whatnot hit at an era where that didn't speak to me rap is kind of the same way i was you know transitioning to the the adulthood of about to become a parent and when rap really really took off and so i just never had a chance to get in but i find myself respecting the hell out of a lot of these people and one of those things was dr dre or one of those people excuse me was dr dre when i saw straight out of compton i was like well hell if that's the person he is i want to know more this documentary is fantastic it's showing how these two men had a very similar ascension into the music world. It, it goes along with their when they sold beats to Apple. That's kind of where it begins. And then it says, we're going to stop and we're going to strip it apart and tell you how they got to where they were together. And they are so similar, yet so different in what they do for each other. It's, it's in a phenomenal documentary directed by Alan Hughes of the Hughes brothers, who very, very early on, directed Menace to Society and Dead Presidents and, and a number of films like that. This guy has gone on to be a pretty solid documentarian as well. He has a lot of great work out there. I would really stress to people, it's four episodes, roughly about an hour, hour and 15 minutes each. Go watch it. If you love music and if, if you love the stories of people struggling to get ahead, great documentary. Two things. You mentioned Lud Ludwig. Ludwig. It, 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 any association with the drumming stuff? Aren't there drumsticks called Ludwigs or something? Well, Ludwig drums are very famous, and they're great drums. That's what Ringo Starr played. Uh, I don't know. I've I've wondered that often. I've never really searched it. I don't know if he has any ties to the family that owns Ludwig, but it's very possible. But you know, Bob Ludwig, I I would I would I would be stressed to even take a guess how many albums his names are on for right. the mastering which mastering for the those that don't know it is the final process of essentially equaling out levels and doing all this stuff and making it come together it's very i'm reducing what that is by saying that it's about that right but he was all over every album that you probably heard through the 70s 80s 90s if not more than that jeff have you seen it were you able to catch that i have not okay no, but yeah. i did will 
in 15 years, I'm all about it. <laughs> this, this is quick. Yeah, it, this is quickly becoming, you know. So have you seen that? No. Are we able to see that? No. Can you have you played this? No. We're just constantly just poking him in the side. I apologize. I just I wanted to make sure I included you in the conversation. I have so, I have seen it. And one of the things I really liked real quick, Todd, um, was the, the I think one of the reason why and it's Jimmy, right, is the guy's name, um, has such an impact and is so brilliant in the work and the people he works with. So it's not only, you know, NWA and then, you know, you two. But one of the things I liked about him um, is he really came up through the industry. And I believe he worked on an album. I, I don't know if it was a Springsteen album. I want to say maybe it was uh, one of the Beatles um, or somebody. But basically, the head recording engineer got sick. And he was just, you know, kind of the guy that was working in the studio doing all the stuff that nobody else wanted to do, kind of an intern thing, if you will. And then he got pulled into the studio uh, to produce uh, or, or to record and run the board on that album, I want to say was it was it was it was it Springsteen or was it uh, John Lennon? John Lennon, yeah. So I mean, this guy not only because it would be very easy in some in some uh, views of that industry to just you know name drop and 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 you know just kind of fuddle their way through, but this guy really has been there. And I can't think of any bigger stage to fall onto than, oh, by the way, John Lennon's gonna be here and we need you to record his album, would you please kindly, sir? I think I would have immediately fainted and then would have woken up in the hospital and be like, oh, the session was awesome. And I'd be like, I'm sorry I fainted. But Yeah, yeah I mean, the guy that, what I love about his story is that it is exactly what you said, it is, it's, equal parts luck that you get a moment like that where you come in and it's John Lennon. Yeah. But what I love about it, and I'm, I'm going to actually quote Oprah Winfrey in this. And I oh, don't know why I'm going to oh do it, but I know she said that. God. Um, she, she has said pretty famously that she does not believe in, in the idea of um, you were lucky to experience that or that things fell into your lap. She says, but what about the things that got you so you could be at that point in time? You have to acknowledge that you've done that work. And she said, for the people that reduce that, you're often trying to find a way to say, wow, that didn't happen to me, but you're lucky it happened to you. No, you weren't. And Ivan's a great example of that, that he kept putting himself in there. Come on, let's do it. I want to do this and do this. And so what happens? But somebody says, hey, I need somebody. Come here, try it. And that's what makes his career. And then he goes on with Springsteen when Springsteen famously, famously made Born to Run. He was up against a record company that was saying, you either give us a hit, or you're gone. He had two albums before that that just had gotten a little play. Blinded by the Light was covered by Man for Man. He had money coming off that, but they wanted a hit. And so he just was meticulous about everything on that. And Ivan ends up being his engineer and learns so much by it. And they even say in the documentary how he almost hated Springsteen because Springsteen was like, they would test the drum, the sound of the drum, and he'd be like, no, too much stick, which is actually a story from another album. They kind of truncated that not to be a Springsteen fanatic, but he worked his ass off and then he gets that opportunity and then it just goes and he produces yeah. so many people. And then arguably is the one that brings rap into the main stage when he sits there and says, no, we got to sign these people and we got to put them on our label and then rap explodes. Right. It is a great special, and, and Lord knows, with, with all three of us, we could sit here and talk about it for the rest of the show. But check out The Defy Once, HBO. For those of you who maybe have cut the, cut the cord, cut the cable, 
Um, I gave this to my father a couple months ago. It's HBO Now, and it's just, you know, you can go in and you can get two months and you can watch all the material on HBO uh, at your leisure uh, and uh, on your iPad or whatever device you have. And then, and then when it runs out, it runs out, so you don't have to renew or anything. So um, not that we're getting uh, any kind of uh, residual or back from that program, but I highly recommend it. I'm a subscriber, and HBO Now is the way to go. All right. Once again, let's go ahead and uh, yeah, just get that projector down there. We'll put it back on the shelf. This leads us into Jeff Judgment On. I, of course, don't have an intro yet, so I'll just play. There we go. That's good. Welcome to Jeff's Judgment. Jeff's Judgment is going to be short because we uh, are pressed for time. But um, just wanted to uh, address something that I witnessed yesterday. Uh, we met some, some good friends. Um, and those of, that are, those of you that are in the Omaha area, I highly recommend The Good Life. It's on 108th, excuse me, 180th and uh, Pacific. It's a sports bar, but uh, owned by a former Nebraska Cornhusker. The food is good, the beer is cold, and the service is great. So I recommend that place, but we went to watch those Nebraska Cornhuskers play Purdue yesterday. And uh, it was, it was, there's some people. Now, I, again, not a Cornhusker fan, um, but, uh, you know, just have, have, can through the years of being a sports fan, can feel the pain that they're going through. And uh, I just want to, I just want to tell the Husker fans, got to be a little patient. It's his first year. And he's going to get things under control, and you guys are going to have a really mean team coming up. Uh, just got to be patient with it because they're still trying to work some of the kinks out. So Jeff's judgment is uh, that's the beauty of sports. One of the things I always think of, and I've been a Cowboys fan most of my life, and, and I know Todd is. So right now we're going through and have been going through for quite some time a really rough period, which I'm sure a lot of anti-Cowboy fans are very happy about. But I try and think, you know, You've got to take the, 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 the bad with the good. And these are the years, and this is the great thing about football and football being cyclical, is it's those years, all that time where your team is awful, and then when they start to get good, it just makes it sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. And, you know, you talk to some fans that maybe, uh, you know, uh, like a particular program that's been very successful, and you can see sometimes those people get a little too used to it, and it kind of becomes bland that they're just always winning national championships and whatnot. So, you know, the silver lining is just just chin up. You guys will be all right. You know, if the Cowboys – how many years has the Cowboys been bad now? Has it been 12 years, 15 years, 30 years? 38. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. It's 48. We haven't been to the playoffs. Well, we've, there's, we had a couple runs in the playoffs, but nothing really like steamrolling for white. For the me. last Super Bowl we won was 95, <laughs> which, look, hey, there are a lot of teams out there in the NFL who've never won a Super Bowl. That's so right. When it comes down to it, and I, I do love football, I, I, I watch as much as I can. Where for us that we've not been there in that long. For those teams that have never been there, they would take one. Right. However... My heart hurts worse than yours does because we haven't been since 95. I know. I know. And Jeff uh, Jeff is a fan. I know he's a fan of Denver. And how how are they doing this this season? Are they looking good? I know you. we talked earlier and you said something about a quarterback. or It's a lot of the same process. It's, uh, you know, reeling from the, from the 2016 championship and just still slowly rebuilding, going through coaching, going through yeah. quarterback selection so it's it's a lot of the same thing 
And 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 was that that wasn't Denver's first Super Bowl, was it? When no, it was their third. Okay, so when was the how long of a stretch did you have there between sixteen and and when they won a Super Bowl previously? I think they're they're it was ninety eight. Oh, okay. Ninety nine, and then two thousand sixteen. Okay, so a, a little bit there, but you know, yeah. and that's the tough thing yeah. is once your team wins the Super Bowl, then all your assistant coaches are going to become head coaches, and right. You get that taste of the good life. Yeah, and the, yeah, exactly. You go to the good life, which is on 180th and, and Pacific. <laughs> you wouldn't believe all the football stars. It was amazing. It was a crazy thing. All right, so that's Jeff Judgment again. A little rush because we want to get into. We want to go to the uh, center stage and start talking about our topic before we wind things up here. Um, this is something that uh, Jeff showed interest in, and Todd and I have discussed as far as having a uh, subject. And you know it's an interesting thing. We're all we're all a little older, we're all a little wiser, but every once in a while, someone will ask me something, and it isn't like you know directly. It's not somebody I necessarily know very well, and it's not necessarily something that is uh, a very important question. It could be just in just regular conversation, like, "Hey, have you ever been to Bob's Diner?" And for whatever reason, um, every once in a while, I'll lie. I'll go, "Yes." And so we kind of started having this discussion about it with, with Todd and Jeff and just kind of, you know, again, as I said at the beginning of the show, none of us are, are trained professionals when it comes to psychology or anything like that. But it is interesting to look back and talk about just those, those little lies. And then we're also going to just kind of talk about some pop culture lies that have happened in the past. And we're just going to kind of riff on this and, and, and ch chat a bit. But it is interesting, um, and I remember when I did say yes, that I had been to that particular restaurant or whatever, immediately thinking like, you know, like I I'm, a, I'm a believer there's a council in your head, you know, and they like vote and pass things up and whatnot. And I was just, I was like, why? Why did we, why did we feel that it wouldn't, it didn't give me any personal gain, you know? It just was basically me going, yeah, maybe it was because I wanted the conversation to end. But, um, and I, I do find myself doing it less as I get older, but I'm curious to uh, to ask our resident chef and um, professional uh, karate champion Jeff. I'm just going to keep adding stuff. Um, so, so have you? I mean, I know we talked a little bit about it, but I mean, is this something that you find yourself doing as well, or is or is it in a different way that every once in a while you'll you'll just squeeze one by? No, I honestly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> short answer. Yes. Uh, but I think I, you know, I, I honestly am of the, of, of the cloth that we all lie. Yeah. Um, different degrees. Yeah. Uh, it's a, you know, it's kind of a, a, a survival trait. Um, but yeah, you know, even in, in the, in the, in the work life Yeah. where it's, Oh, Hey, can we have, you know, can we have this meeting? No, I, I sorry. <laughs> I, I jump into another call. <laughs> Right. I'm going to go browse the internet for 20 minutes. I don't have another <laughs> call. I just don't want to talk to you. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, I don't, I, there, there are some reasons that, you know, yes, lies that are told that you want to be, you know, you, you want to be more accepted or you right. want to you want to add to the conversation. And then it's the other way. Then you, lies that are told that you, you want to, you, you don't want to have the conversation. You, you right. want to be isolated. Um, and is and is this something? Because I, I could, I'm, I'm identifying now with the fact that, like in my in my twenties, late teens and twenties, most of the lies that I told were either involved with 
maybe trying to uh, build a better relationship with with maybe a girl that I had met and you know she's like you know hey have you ever been to the moon I'm like yeah totally <laughs> um, but now yeah as you get older it does it, it, it can be a, t- a time management skill that's I didn't think about that but absolutely you know because you have to make a split second judgment of whether or not really what's going to be happening in that meeting is going to be worth whatever you could be working on or whatever at that time and I want to bring Todd into the fold here too and, and see if he's and you're right you, you you hit the nail on the head real quick Jeff that's 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 what I was talking to my father about this who who has his doctorate in psychology and and I said well is there anything that we should talk about and he goes well first off you should start out and of course I didn't because I'm a big idiot saying that everybody lies so thank you for for saving my neck on that jeff because that's that's how we should have started everybody does it everybody everybody does it and uh it's fun to kind of just you know again break down a little bit of this and try and figure out necessarily you know how the lies have changed between you know being younger and older now and then and then just trying to understand why so to bring todd into the conversation todd i mean how how are you doing in yours you popping three four five six ten off a day are you are you you know are you uh, you know what's happening why are you lying all the time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what you just asked me, but I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I've actually, all the films that I talk about, I've never seen any of them. Right. <laughs> I never studied music or film. Right. So my entire life's a lot. Honestly, you know, when you brought up lying as the parent of a teenager, and I want to say this flat out, I, I really do believe my kid's a pretty good kid. Sure. I, I look at her and she, she does great things. But what my exposure to lying now is a, the great thing that parents kind of can see when their kids are lying. And the reason we know when they're lying is because we told the same kind of lies before mm. um, she will. So she's been to the moon a, too. It, not to the moon oh, yet, okay. but she invented the rocket that got, will get us there. <laughs> um, you know, she, her struggles are the, the, the lies that as teenagers, when we're trying to cover our ass and then set, you know, Hey, yes, I did this homework and you find out she didn't do mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then you get to it there was a problem with her understanding where this the homework was and not getting it instead of turning to me and saying dad i don't know how to do this or this is a problem help me with it not trusting that so i think to just point we absolutely all do lie. we we all look at it look that's a that's a fight i don't want to have right now with my spouse so i'm going to lie and say yes but then it will come back because we all hold a resentment and that's a com- different conversation of the, the, the unspoken things right that lies can lead to um but you know, I look at the history of my life and, and the lessons that I learned that I now kind of guide me through how I need to behave right. usually stem from some sort of BS that I've thrown out in the world <laughs> and to cover my butt. You know, I, Abby, my daughter famously loves that I lied to my parents for six months that I was going to jazz band practice every day when I was actually driving out to my girlfriend's house to hang out. And then one day my mom called the band hall and said, hello, Dr. Cohen. I don't want to say his name, but Dr. Yeah. So-and-so band director when Todd's done with jazz band practice can you have him bring bread home and he said well Mrs. Hartzell we don't have band practice after school I don't know what you're thinking well you know and that but those are the we try for these grand scale lies yeah we understand the grand doesn't but then the funny thing is with a lie is the smaller ones like when you say the restaurant well now you have to remember unless you want to be busted (laughs) you have to remember that lie so it doesn't become a problem later on yeah, especially when they're like, oh, well, that place is great. Well, yeah, hey, Jeff, you ate there. You know, you, you were telling us. And then I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, now I got to be like, 
So real quick, let's get back to the jazz band thing. So, oh god, um, I back. no, I I love it because uh, now. So w- what were you doing? Were you just hanging out with friends and just didn't want to go, or I went to my girlfriend's house and I knew oh. my parents. She lived, you know, I'm from a not a small small town in Texas, but about twenty thousand people. So it's you know uh, an old old railroad community and everything's spread out mm-hmm. and so my girlfriend lived way out in the country mm. and they were cool with me going out there but not after school i was never a good enough student to discipline myself to go see my girlfriend every day right and you know it it was just a stupid choice i wanted to hang out at her house and no it wasn't me going out there to do nefarious things with my girlfriend right, it was no, no yeah tv we do whatever yeah. but it wasn't i lied and so, I learned that your lying has consequences eventually. It so, will catch you. So did your parents, when they found out, did they do what my parents would do, where they'd, be like, they'd go, Todd, can you come down here for a second? And you walk downstairs, and it's like walking into a, a, a scene from some detective film where they have like the light on the table and, and have you say, well, Todd, take a seat. Sit down. How you doing, bud? You doing all right? And I could just always tell, you know, my spidey sense was going. I'm like, oh man, okay. So what have I, what have I lied about recently to try and head this off? So is that what they pulled you in? I'm just like, hey, so. No, actually, mine, mine was like being a, a drug dealer who gets caught in a sting. Oh, and oh, they so set I, it up. Well, I pulled up. Um, I think my, I think when I found out about it, my girlfriend was working at a local country club, which you know, for an, a small town like that, is a golf course with a swimming pool. And she was a lifeguard out there, and her dad was there. <laughs> and I drove up, and I, I, I love this man to this day. He's a great guy. Um, I pulled up, and he looked at me and said, "Hey, buddy, how you doing?" Hey, how are you? And he went, you're going to want to get back in that car. <laughs> and I said, why? And he said, uh, your mom's looking for you. I think you, uh, oh. you're going to have to own up to pretty much lying to her for the past six months. So I knew. And I was like, oh, God. So I get home. Now, this is where Jeff and I have a very similar experience. My dad's a psychologist also. And all the psychology did not work on my older sister. My older sister will be like, oh, screw you. I don't want to talk about anything about myself. Me, I was their psychological subject. Right. And they broke me down. So I remember getting in, there's my little itty bitty petite five foot tall mom and my dad in the living room. And I walked in, it was like, Todd, yeah, wait, sit down. They and start using like, the, the NPR voice. Yes. Yeah. And I, I literally knew, and it was, it, I can think back in my life. It may not have been the first, Oh crap. I'm about to face it, but it really literally was that one in my life when I now weigh, when I want to lie about mm. something. Yeah. Ooh, is it worth that? And, you know, and it's those those little mental scars that we have from back then. I think that that at least cement themselves and tell us it's not worth that. Right. Where where did your girlfriend work again? I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Smart. Because I, I know what I, you're going to <laughs> my finger on it. Jeff was like giving me things like, "Damn it, do it." I was like, "Oh, it passed too quickly." All right, darn it. D- despite the fact that I negated it, calling a golf course with a swimming pool, and the swimming pool is actually the water trap for the <laughs> golf course too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so all right, so we 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 you knew the lie. You got pulled in and, and, and got in the sting. So then, obviously, again, and, and I'm going to ask Jeff this, about this in a second. Then, 
Then it was time for the punishment. Now, first, were they paying for these? Was this something they were financially uh, paying for? Or was this just like something that you just, they, you know, you had signed up for and just weren't going to? Because I think that makes a difference if there was some financial implication. The only financial implication was I was taking my mom's car. Oh, well, gas. I was driving that every day. And it, it was the fact that I, you know, my mom and I are very much the same person. And I was usually pretty honest with yeah. mom. And it was just a humongous lie. And it was the fact that I perpetuated it for months yeah. on, on months. That's awesome. Um, what was your punishment? I do believe I got grounded for three months. Ooh. Uh, it was it was pretty significant. I, you know, I end up losing that girlfriend, which, you know. <laughs> so did you ever bring that back up and go, you see, you see what happened? No, because mom actually brought it up and said, you know, so I'm going to teach you something about the people you bring into your life. You need to also look at the way they behave around the people that are part of your life. And she uh, said, that little girl comes in my house and I'll say, hey, how are you? And she's like, mm. oh, and no. Yeah. And so then you do, you know, there's so many lessons to learn yeah. when you do anything like this. And that was one of my lessons that if you're going to surround yourself with new people in your life, find out what you need to do to su sustain that. Right. And think of what, you know, waste that's going to leave. And I learned. So what was, what was, if you got grounded, I'm not just trying to pick on you, but this is interesting. What, what was the, you know, obviously kids today have their phones and Xbox and gaming systems and internet and all that other stuff. What was like the one thing if you got caught and was, was taken away? Was it, was it the ability to leave the house or was there, did you have a favorite, you know, toy or? Favorite toy at 16. <laughs> no, I, I probably just weeks before stopped playing with my Star Wars toy. <laughs> um, I think I got grounded from going out of the house. But, you know, yeah. the, the bad thing for my parents was is I've always been that person that, oh, wait, I have to stay here. There are a lot of movies I want to watch. <laughs> and they grabbed me from the TV, so I was watching movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Jeff, did, have you, there was a lie that you told maybe growing up that, I mean, because Todd's kind of taking the cake here. I mean, months and months and months. Yeah, I don't, looking back, I don't necessarily remember the a particular lie that was told. I remember the punishments, ah. um, which I guess was effective as well. There you go. Uh, but I, I uh, so I grew up, I grew up in the 80s and I had a, um, I remember having a, the original NES. Yes. Nintendo. Yes. It was, a, it was a big, big deal. And I remember, um one punishment that i got of some something that i got into which was most likely because of a lie because i was a kid um i would you know my mom would go through the go through the cycle okay you're you're grounded from the tv okay you're grounded from the grounded from the, the video game or and it got to a point where um she just came in with a pair of scissors <gasps> and cut the power cord to the Nintendo. I would have been like Darth Vader. No. Oh. Oh. Your mom is harsh. <laughs> God. To be fair, it, I'm, I am. I am more than positive that the action was R right. Fair, but it was. It was. Uh, it was just. I, mean, I hope so. Because that's <laughs> that's before Amazon and overnight shipping. I mean, that power oh, cable yeah. is gone. If you walked into your local TG and Y or or whatever was around back then and said, Hey, can I get a power cable for a Nintendo? They'd be like, what? No, it comes with one. <laughs> and I was trying to, and I was trying to remember that it, it was, it 
and I honestly I don't I don't know if it was a D plug or if it was a if it was a hard wire in. Um, well, let me check on that uh, internet because it, I think it was a D. Yeah. I think it was a D. Oh. Okay, you, you two electronics nerds, please explain to the kind listener what you're talking about with D plug. <laughs> <laughs> the, what, we, what we call in our industry a D plug is it's a it's a power cable and one end goes into the wall with the Edison cable and the other one is shaped like a D as in dog so it's just referred to as a D plug that was the sound of every kind listener in the world going what uh, or no, thank you for the explanation because Jeff will hoity-toity me about things like that, and I'm just like, all right, whatever. You know, I work in a similar industry, but I don't go on the level you guys do. Sure. So, kind listeners, just go along with me and know that we will make it through this, <laughs> and they will stop talking about this in a minute. Um, so it, it was a, it wasn't a D plug. It was uh, it had a the big wall brick that, and then a little whatever that's called. I don't even know what that's called. A little plug plug yeah so, so likely she... it was after punishment was over i had to then do chores or yeah. whatever to buy another power supply um but yeah it's the it's oh, the punishments wow. that i remember not necessarily the the little lies and it's as i've the, the to your point jeff it's it's as though i i as i get older i care less um i just i, I don't care about fitting in or yeah um, yeah perception of others or so i'm i i honestly i i likely lie less because i just don't care right where i i don't want to be i don't need to fit into that social circle or doesn't bother me what you think about me right um, so yeah and you because for me too I've, I've started now if somebody says something or mentions something i'll always raise my hand and go i have no idea what you're talking about or could you please tell me what that is Whereas in definitely younger years, I would have been like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, quickly trying to search for it on the Internet. Um, I do think that it would it would be fun to uh, and I've, I've joked about this with with my wife when we when we go out to a restaurant and uh, we get served, uh, you know, food comes down and, and uh, comes back, you know, two, three minutes later. And I, you know, probably nine and a half times out of ten waiter or waitress. Yeah. How, how's everything? Like, yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. OK, great. Thank you. I'm going to stop lying. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pretty honest. Like it's actually, it's, it's terrible. It's yeah. not that great. I, I don't really know. I don't really know why this is so, so popular or, yeah. or whatever that it's just, it's again, just little lies to negate a lengthy conversation. That's know? like, Oh yeah, no, the food's great. That's Thanks. really interesting. Please. Cause yeah, absolutely do that all the time. And I think you and I have even been out at a place and had some, some food and you know we'll be in the middle of talking about how flavorless it is, and the, and the server will walk up, and go, "Hey guys, everything okay?" And we're like, "Yeah, great. it's great." <laughs> and then as soon as they get with that outside of earshot, then it's like, "God, this this is awful." Uh, those are such different kinds of lies, too. Yes. Because you know I've been in that situation, and I'm married to a woman who does not tolerate lying like that. We had a instance where we went to Campisi's here, a pretty famous Italian restaurant in Dallas, and we took our niece and we we're building it up and the food was crap it came out it was cold and and so the person came by and how is it and i said well i'm gonna be honest the, the pizza's a little cold and shelly's like it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> so i think that we we look at is it worth the confrontation those are those are confrontational lies you know right. I, it's not worth look i'm gonna finish this food and i'm not really pissed off about it 
I think how far and how willing are you to go and jump into it? Yeah. Is yeah. what the lie is. Because I think Jeff, to your point, and this is so hard to go Jeff to your point when there's two Jeffs, two Jeffs spelled the same way. And currently on the app we use where I can see each other, you're right by each other. So even if I point at you, you have no <laughs> idea who I'm talking to, but as I get older, I don't care. Yeah. Um, it is, it isn't as big of a concern that I appear to be something that, other than what I am. Right. And that I do think, you know, I watched my kid in high school and she really isn't caught up in the whole, I want to be popular because she didn't care. That's, that's actually counter to who she is. But then we see the lies that are, right. boy, I don't want to get busted. I want to do this. And, and I think that, I think those kinds of lies we, we perpetuate. Maybe if you can't pay a bill, you might call somebody and say, man, I'm so sorry. I had to have like hip replacement yeah. surgery. That was a surprise. And I don't have the money. We'll do that because right. we're embarrassed instead to say I was an idiot and I went to the restaurants that Jeff and Jeff ate at and I couldn't afford it like they can. <laughs> and so I can't pay my bill this month. But it's an easier thing to tell that yeah. I have a hip resurgery, you know, replacement surgery. Yeah. And so that's what you do. Yeah. Impressive that you bring that back full circle within the explanation. That's good. He's Thanks. he's a he's he's a wit with words. You're listening to The Other Kind of Radio. I'm Jeff. There's Todd and our special guest, Jeff. We're talking about lying. We're getting into the last uh, few minutes of the show. We want to thank everybody for, for definitely joining us and, and welcome your emails and tweets or whatever. If you have a particular lie, maybe just you know out of the blue, maybe you're telling your parents you're going to jazz band and, and you don't. Um, and I'm sure there's... <laughs> <laughs> just I just got some uh, nonverbal communication from Todd and uh, well I was going to share real quick mine there was uh, when we were living in El Paso in an apartment um, I was at home you know whatever you did back then without all the stuff that we have today I was playing with cards is what I was doing and I wanted to do something cool and like you know flick the cards across the room you know because <laughs> the bar was pretty low for me being cool back then. And uh, I uh, successfully flicked the deck of cards and then uh, successfully uh, hit the big giant window pane in our living room and uh, broke it. Um, so I go into, you know, I, I get my management team, my PR team together, and we go into a full twist, you know, uh, cover up uh, what happened, uh, come up with a likely story. So I immediately retreated back to my bedroom and then awaited my father, who I knew was going to be coming home shortly. And uh, he came in and he goes, hey, uh, what happened to the window? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, like a window? What's window? He goes, the, the front window's broken. I'm like, oh, really? Why? Well, I did hear a bird out there, you know, and I'm doing all this shit. Well, the, the thing is, is the... the the forensics of it was because the because the impact was on the inside of the window, the breakage was kind of poking out. So obviously any any person with a small amount of intelligence would be able to go, yeah, that came from inside. So I perpetuated and came up with the bird theory and then, you know, maybe a bird flew in, broke the glass and then flew back out. Um, there were all kinds of some fun things. And so eventually um my and the great thing about my dad is he was he was not a guy that was just you know gonna you can't handle the truth he just was like okay all right and and the interesting thing there was it was the just the guilt of knowing that that he obviously knew i was lying but i was still you know gonna stand by my bird theory or whatever it was because uh, birds can open doors in el paso and um i remember walking in and he was you know at his desk doing doing some work or something and 
and uh, barely got it out before I started bawling. And I was just like, you know, I broke the window. And and he looked at me. He goes, I know. <laughs> so the lesson to all the kids out there is learn your forensics. Yeah. And don't be like Jeff. If you break it, go outside, scoop up the glass, put it back inside, and even see if you can find a bird feather and maybe a little bit of blood. And then you can come. Yeah, you might win on that one. <laughs> Man, it's a good thing we weren't friends back then because I would have been like, and what do we do now? So why don't you go get a small bird and I need you to take this glass and cut your hand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as, as we, as we kind of draw closer to the end here, um, we talked a little bit in the pre-production. I'm just kind of interested as far as pop culture and, and we'll, we'll, we'll still clear of, of, of the political realm because that's just, that's just low, low hanging fruit. But as far as pop culture and lies that were that were told you know maybe by some famous people and i'll kick things off by saying i think one of the biggest ones um that really kind of shook the foundation for a while was you know lance armstrong who you know was very defiant and you know telling people there is no way that i'm doping or or you know using any of that that stuff that that helped him ride his bicycle faster um and then to, and, and then of course to have him come clean and he did it with oprah and it was on television and you know, Lance Armstrong was this guy who beat cancer and, and you know, w was a super athlete. Um, and it just just to I mean, it, it was something again, it was kind of it was kind of like the, the, the broken window. I mean, everybody knew that he was doing it. His times were just incredible. And then to hear him finally admit was uh, was kind of a sad day in the sense that, um, you know, you could see that he had just begun probably what was a small lie. And it blew up and then, you know, his Livestrong foundation and everything was hit, you know, pretty hard by it, which is, again, his own personal lying now is affecting those people that were using some of those donations and stuff in that organization to better their lives. And because he lied about it, you know, it took a hit. Um, but I think it definitely, and then of course we had some other sprinters and stuff that came out as well. But I think for me, it's just kind of thinking of, of pop culture wise, uh, that one was, that one was pretty huge. Um, Jeff, Todd, do you guys have any other that come to mind as far as like something that maybe, uh, happened, uh, in the headlines? So I think that, you know, in the sports world, you can, you can look at what Tiger Woods did with, oh, yeah. you know, cause, cause cheating and doing what he did is a lion in and of itself. And it destroyed his career until he recently just came back and finally won again. But I think it's a little hard when you get into pop culture, cause I really tried to look at the great lies of pop culture and really the the term that comes up is a hoax um, mm. when i was researching it my hero orson wells you can look at his war of the worlds radio broadcast which yeah. famously played you know and this is where it's it's very tricky because it's not a lie he right. famously played with the conventions and said i'm going to make this sound like it's a night with the the orchestra yeah. and we're going to break in and make news stories that tell a story yeah He's lying essentially, but isn't that what that kind of media is anyway? When you watch a film, it's a lie. It's 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 the truth projected at 24 frames per second. We don't have orchestras playing in the background in our our normal life. We don't don't have quick cuts to make it things exciting. So, is that a lie? Now you can right. flip forward to Milli Vanilli years later, which is a lie, but at the same time, is it because? When I listen on the radio, it's only because of the, the advent of music videos, really, that those guys get busted because then they have to perform live, and we've seen their faces in music videos, and they're not the same people on stage, and they're lip-syncing to it. So performance and media, saying there's a lie within that, that's like a lie within a lie. Yeah. That's tough. 
But I think that these personal things where people do those kind of things, that is exactly the case in point of what we've talked about all day. Yeah. That's really well said. And, and, and you're right. Film in itself is nothing but a, a, you know, a, a long, like you said, 24 frames per second of, of lies, which is interesting. Uh, I've never really looked at it that way. To me, it's storytelling, but it is. It's all, you know, uh, fake shots or trick photography and, and, you know, different types of lensing and everything that gives the impression that, you know, that person's actually getting hit over the head with a baseball bat versus, you know, uh, what's really happening. Jeff, what I, co- I, go I, ahead. Real quick, I, with yeah. the, the film, The Revenant, I had a fight with a friend who said, you know, that's, and it was The Revenant, which is the Leo DiCaprio film, right? And thank you. I, it's one of those, you say the word and it comes out and it's like, that doesn't sound the way my memory wants it to. But I had a fight with a friend who she said, that's not the real story. This story, he didn't even have a son. They can't prove it. I was like, I don't care. That's a movie. A movie (laughs) is not truth. It's quit thinking that, you know, that when people say, yeah, but that's not the way it really happened. Okay, then go read about it somewhere and find the facts. But this is a movie. It's a lie. So good, good point. (laughs) Jeff, what have you got? What what, what's striking you as far as uh, on the on the larger scale of, of something that was a lie? You know, and honestly, it was when I when I was doing the when I was doing my my research the, the few days for for this podcast, it was I was interested more uh, not necessarily of just the um, which lie or the biggest lie or biggest hoax because uh, they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, as Todd had said, uh, but what there was a, a quick little story that I found that that the assumption that I had was that we were the only ones that lied. Humans, I mean, we. Oh, we were the only ones. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Real quick, I don't know if, uh, if uh, any of you remember the, the the famous gorilla Coco, who they were able to communicate with via sign language mm-hmm. uh, years ago. But there was a story written about five years ago that I found um, that one day Coco, in her habitat, uh, ripped the sink off the wall. Mm. Gorilla, and I'm assuming gorillas do that. Uh, and, and, and blamed it on a bird. I, I read the article. Yeah, yeah, blamed it on <laughs> blamed it on a kitten. Honestly, oh, that is oh, what happened. Oh God, through, I'm so sorry. Through no, through sign language, uh, the the communication and the phrase was that Coco blamed this <gasps> incident on a kitten. Wow. Because because the the gorilla knew of the consequences, and I just I found that I was like that's that's very interesting as far as just the cognitive thought of yeah it's not even we're not the only ones that do it just thought that was kind of cool I, i'm so sorry i stepped on it i didn't know it was oh, a kitten darn it you know you try and be funny and then i just end up just stepping all and, and you actually went and did research too well, so yeah. your key phrase was try <laughs> well you know i want to say that jeff is always funny and you see what i did there i lied <laughs> So that would be that's interesting too. Just you know the fact that uh, that's manipulation, right? I mean, because that's part of the lie is you're trying to manipulate or maybe get people to see something your way or or side with you. And obviously, Coco knew that <laughs> ripping this thing off, which is great because it shows the sign of intelligence. Like like I'm going to blame the kitten, but like my bird theory, <laughs> Coco and I we didn't really put the math together, and obviously there's no way that. Uh, the kitten would be able to do that. All right. I know we're against the wall. I want to take a second and thank Jeff for joining us. I know you got, you're busy and you, I even think I heard your son a little bit a while ago. 
So thank you for taking the time. Thank your wife for, for giving some time. And, and uh, hopefully you'll come back to the show. Uh, we haven't uh, you know scared you off. Anytime. Happy to be here. Fantastic. All right, Todd, you have fun at the, the State Fair. Any final words? First off, I want to thank Jeff as well. Jeff, I will eat lots of fried food and think about you today so that hopefully, you know, you can go experience it this year. I think maybe we need to talk in 15 years and that's when you'll get to go. <laughs> Jeff Legrone, my brother, I love you. The great subject, love talking about it, but I'm also going to run. See you. Bye-bye. Right. See you guys. All right, you're listening to The Other Kind Radio. That's going to close it out for this week. Um, feel free to email us, tweet us, listen to us, rate us on whatever app you listen to. Uh, thanks again for your time. We'll see you next week. We are The Other Kind Radio. The other kind of radio.